convinced a little bit now you know i i had my serious serious doubts in in the first half if anybody follows my twitter you might see that a little bit i had my serious serious doubts um look they they showed fight they were able to change things schematically on defense you saw no give up like you saw in those lowly lowly losses in uh in the playoffs and i like what i saw from damian lee obviously in game one you know we got to talk about campaign and da and what they were able to do then we got to talk about cam johnson you know maybe it's a good thing we didn't extend them we got to talk about chris paul being over there on the bench six points tonight we got to talk about bdb <laughs> i'm not going to steal it from sun's jam but devin booker man he went armani mode in the second half and it was great to see i want to get everybody in here right now uh jay joyce welcome back what's going on how you been I've been all right, man. Dude, it's been a month since we did the AZ Sports Galore. I just checked that out just a minute ago. Uh, I'm doing all right. I just got back from Washington. What a beautiful state. Uh, it was really nice up there. I uh, got to see some old family and then watching the downfall of the Cardinals. But, hey, we might have some positives coming forward mm -hmm. and to open up to open up the NBA season like this uh, with how, how hectic NBA Twitter was at, at halftime to – how the game ended. I just watched the game winner right now. Uh, like you can't ask for anything more. So I'm, I'm glad it, to be back, man. It was much needed. We needed that much win. Needed. Welcome back. Amit. It's, it's been a minute as well too. Um, it's because it's been nothing but doom and gloom and BS in Arizona sports. Yeah. How have you been? I've been doing good, man. I just came back from Arizona playing in a basketball tournament. I'll talk about that later. Um, but we didn't win. We were so, in 2019, the last time they played this tournament, we finished second place. We had a 10-point lead going into the second half with eight minutes to go, and we just fouled it. Uh, we, 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 we dropped the bag. But um, that experience, I can tell you a lot what I learned and what I'm going to apply to the Suns in the same case, even though like there's not even the same stakes at all. But either way, like there's a lot you can take away from trying to climb back from a, from a, a lead. Uh, but otherwise, man, you know, life, life's crazy, man. Life hits you when it hits you fast. And it's hit all of How us. How are you doing, been... Evan? How are you doing with your family? Do it. You know, finally, finally getting good. Everybody's finally getting good. I have a torn shoulder right now, ligaments over oh. here. So this is awesome. I can't raise my arm past this without it hurting. Wife is getting better. Kids growing up. The job is amazing. So, you know, it's some good, some bad, but we just keep it going like the suns tonight. Um, but we kind of have a special guest joining us tonight. He's on fire! And it's not his rookie performance or his rookie debut. It's actually, I think, the second or third time he's been on. But I'd like to welcome my good friend, Salty, to the He's on Fire podcast. It's been a minute. We're glad to have you, especially on a son's win and not a big fat L. How you been? How's life? what's up everybody it's good to be back yeah what have i been doing man i've been suffering through the arizona cardinal season that's what i've been doing and first before that it was it was asu that but asu's kind of turned it around you know but it i mean 
from the end of the Cardinals playoff debacle and, and the Suns, the way they finished it, and then the way things were going earlier today, uh, this evening, I was like, come on, man. Come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It, it was that, not so on brand for you. That's so on brand for <laughs> yeah. you to be salty when we won. Yeah, uh, you, know, you know, it's, it's, uh, how many years have I been? I'm a native to Arizona, so it's just yeah. it, it's such a crazy trip to be an Arizona sports fan. So <laughs> again, it, I didn't. If I was tweeting during the first half, I would have been right there with Evan because I was I was texting him. I was like, "This team doesn't deserve a podcast. This is this team doesn't deserve any anybody to talk about them." So I was, you know, I wasn't feeling it. But there's lots of good, you know, things to take from this this game and you know interesting things too as well that we can talk about as well let's go here there's there's so many storylines everybody thank you for coming in the chat i know everybody's over on sun's jam session sun's geek which you should be and phnx uh love love and support those but i know we're gonna get playbacks and i know that we're gonna get a lot of uh awesome content uh, out for you guys in the coming weeks here uh, i know it's been a little busy but thank you for coming subscribe like review all that fun stuff shout out to westville aussies uh you were 100 right we were going back and forth a little bit and i just didn't trust this team so let's just start there Going into the season, I did not have warm fuzzies at all. You know, we want to talk about the KD saga and how bad that was for us. No real offseason additions. You know, DA coming out over the uh, uh, intro to the media or whatever. That's all foggy. I haven't talked to Monty in a while. Everything blows up. It was just not good for a long time, especially with Jay Crowder, too. To come into this game and to go down by 20, holy shit. This was PTSD tonight. Like, they didn't learn yes. anything. This is the same everything we saw. But what turned it around was not one player, was not Damian Lee, was not Book, although we're going to give him props in a second. They changed defensive formats. I, I couldn't mm -hmm. believe it. They went from man-to-man, -man letting everybody blow by them left and right to starting to play in the line, up the line. They started communicating. They started hounding and ball pressuring a little bit. They were hounding Luka until he got just past the half-court mark. Then they went into a 1-3-1 zone, and then they changed it coming back down the court the next time. They were doing a lot of things to switch it up, which proves Monty can make adjustments. This team does have fight in them. The bench needs work, but Damian Lee hit a game-winning shot tonight. Jock Landale looked good. I don't know if we can take much about Landry Shamit. And Torrey Craig did look a little better in the second half. Not great. Not great. He did look better. But uh, to me, the biggest thing that I noticed was Cam Johnson getting hurt and Chris Paul not being there to end the fourth. I mean, I want to start with you with the Chris Paul thing and then your general observations. Were you surprised yeah. Chris Paul wasn't there? Do you think he's hurt? So... Even in the first half, I was watching Chris Paul, and they weren't rolling. They weren't running the the normal plays. They, they there was no elbow sets, there was no fists, there was no spam, the spam pick and rolls. And I was like, Are we just trying to really save him? Like, what are we doing? Are we really trying to save him, or is this guy just washed? Right. And then when he takes a shot, because in that position, like he hasn't touched the ball that much. He's standing in the corner. He's doing this, or he's giving the ball up. Even like bringing the ball up the court, he, they're hounding him, so he's passing it. To Mikhail or somebody else, and I'm um, he's just not he didn't get a chance to get in rhythm in the first mm. half, so mm -hmm. his shots were off, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, he never really got a chance to touch the ball. Um, but look, so let me just say this. Um, 
So I'm reading this book called Atomic Habits. And basically what it's saying is like, there's all these little things you can do, these processes, these little habits that you can build to get better. And when you look at the end of the day for like a team like the Suns or any basketball team, any sports team, they're the winners and losers have the same objective, correct? They're all trying to win, but it's all in the process that you get there. And so we all got caught up in how the Suns got blown out in game seven, but we forgot Ooh. what this team did to win 64 games. The, the process has been built. The program is there. And now it's about building on it to get, make it better. Right. And so I have confidence. So like I looked at the FanDuel and they were saying that the, the Suns um, over under odds for winning the season was like 52 and a half. And I'm like, that's a put money on that easy. Put money on that because the Suns are going to win over 52 and a half games. Uh, on top of that, though, I'll say I love what Monty did where he was mixing up the lineups because he's just like, it's not all about winning the most games. Now it's about winning and winning when we need to win. Right. So he's trying to find the lineups. I don't know if I would do that in game one of the season because <laughs> those lineups were horrible when we had Dario and DeAndre. And there was just some weird, there's some really, really bad lineups, right? Like you guys saw those lineups. So it was just like, there's no, there's no scoring on the court. Um, and again, so let me say this too. I had to put my son to sleep in the third quarter. So I missed the third quarter. I have this superstition when the Suns are down that I won't watch the game because maybe they'll come back and win. And then I miss the whole fourth quarter because we come back and won. So y'all can thank me for that part. Um, so I can't really tell you much about from the second half, but I can tell you, I saw like the four minute stretch in the fourth quarter when the Suns just looked exactly like they looked in the first half. You know what I'm talking about? When, yeah, uh, no, exactly. Yeah. And what I saw was what we all know is that we saw this, we already saw this play out in that game seven or however many games in the Dallas series you want to go back. But it just looked terrible. There was no swag. No swag from this team in the first half. No um, balls. I don't, you, you, you guys, no balls. No, nobody jumping. I mean, I, I, I don't know who mentioned uh, the pick and roll, but can we fight through the pick and roll? I know Mikhail can do it. He's done mm -hmm. against Harden. He's done against other players. Mm -hmm. So, like, him just, you know, just defeating and, and taking the switch – I mean, I, I just saw something in this team, but what I wanted to see when we were down 20 is like, can we fight back? And yeah. what we did is they did. I, and honestly, again, I don't know how we did that. I didn't watch it, but I was hoping that there was some way that they could find a swagger, find a rhythm, you know, find something that works. And it doesn't have to be a system. It just has to be chaotic enough where they know what to do defensively and offensively. It and they did that, and I wish I wish you would have watched because I would have loved to get your reaction on the different. Maybe well, we you should go won. back and watch this. We wouldn't have won, back, bro. Uh, we'll go back and watch it. Go. I'll give you my I, NBA I account. You can, you can go back and watch it because the defense they were throwing at him uh, was different. They were forcing turn. They were forcing turnovers, which was great to hear. Uh, Salty, I want to hear from you now. Your your general thoughts and any thoughts on CP three not finishing. I have a lot to say because, all right, from where we went 
at the end of the playoffs last year to the that feeling just was was bad the fight between da and the coach everything just the the way we lost and then the off season it was all about durant and then that bled into us the way we were doing the moves that we were making because we couldn't necessarily try to sign free agents because we were trying to you know keep everything in place to get durant uh, then we got the Crowder situation, which, you know, it's easy to forget him because Cam Johnson was in the starting lineup, killing it before he got hurt. And then we had the DA and coach thing, not talking for media day. And it's just like, there's this dark cloud hanging over the suns, you know, it's just like everybody and their mom sports radio, every, everybody's saying it's just the team. Uh, it's, it feels different. Like the feeling around the team's different national media talking about it everything else like that so it's going into this game i would man honestly i i was expecting them to come out with their hair on fire and to see them go down the way they did was just defeating to see because i was on the phone I, like i did the inverse I, I missed the first half and watched the second half so uh to watch that score tally just keep going up and up and up and up and looking at the box score i was just like wow um and I was just kind of questioning the way that I was like, if you guys going to come out after getting waxed in the playoffs and then come out with no balls and just get wrecked in the, in the first half, it just kind of shows that there's no heart or desire or anything like that. And they completely turned it around. And there's a lot of reasons why they did that. But one of the things that I wanted to focus on was DA. He got his, he got his contract is weird situation with that because they, uh, they waited till, Indiana put the offer sheet out there, Mac, you know, matched it within like, I don't know what it was, like five seconds. It felt like five seconds. They matched it. And then DA, I just liked his positioning in this game. Like it looked completely different from a lot yeah. of the years that he just was getting correct positioning, getting in place, running up, beating his man up to the court, getting in the right spots, um, confident post moves, really active out there, just really impressed with the DA and honestly there's it's an interesting thing with the Suns because people can argue whether or not they have a window still for a championship now with the CP3 era we're going to talk about him obviously there's some issues there but one of the important things is 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 kind of finding out who your core is identifying those players signing them and locking up long term and I think with DA he's a big piece going forward because I think DA gets unlocked when CP three is not there. Unfortunately, that's just the way it is. Yeah. There's a lot of players that I feel have, have regressed because of CP three. So he, he, um, I feel like he's almost a detriment to the team at this point. And I can go into that as well, but, um, DA confident, love that. Um, Cam Johnson, uh, just night and day. This is what we could have without Crowder being in the starting lineup, and I think that's why he got salty. Number one, he wants a new contract, which you can argue whether or not he deserves that, and then he wants to start in this league. Well, what what championship contending team is going to you know, have Crowder replace someone in their lineup? It's just I don't think he's starting in the league at this point, and it's yep. just uh, no, he, I didn't he, really. He can start for like a mid-playoff team. He can start yeah, from just, I didn't I didn't really miss Crowder. That's the thing in this game. I wasn't missing Crowder. Um, and you could talk whatever way you want about that. One of the it's just like in the offseason, people were talking about, oh, uh, you know, um, 
GM James Jones didn't do anything. It's like, well, did he? I mean, Damian Lee came out and basically won. He didn't win the game for us, but he did, right? I mean, he killed it. And people were talking shit about that move. Uh, Akogi or whatever his name is. I don't know about him, but Jacques Landell killed it. I think he's a great addition. So it's like some of these signings just kind of went under the radar, and I think they're really good. Dwayne Washington uh, went off for, what, 30-plus, and I think he could be really good in the future. But, you know, Devin Booker coming back, having a rebound game, just he's the cover athlete of 2K. Uh, he's – I think he was ranked the number one shooting guard, and he's just – He's there, man. He's gonna. He's a perennial All Star, MVP caliber candidate. Uh, you know, didn't have as many points as Luca, but just was smooth as silk out there on the court. And then it's just he. It's his team, and that that's the biggest issue I think with this team is the identity. And CP3 is like this black hole when it comes to this is my team, um, mm. and he changes shit. And he's an old. He he is washed okay he's done i mean the minute that you sign a point guard and you have to take away the ball from him because he's getting locked up and he's getting tired and he's getting this and that it defeats the purpose of having a point guard you know Uh, it would be like hey we have a quarterback but our quarterback's getting abused out there so let's have a running back play quarterback it's like well you you have a, a quarterback for a reason you know like he don't relegate duties to other people because you can't get the job done. And the fact that he didn't come back in this game and we won this game, I think is just pretty damning for a lot of reasons. He got, he got wrecked at the end of the playoffs and our team was built around him and Booker doing things. And when they both couldn't do things, there's nobody to turn to, you know? So uh, Cameron Payne was out there and people, he's been struggling as well, but he can actually move out there on the court and do all, you know, he's a lot younger. So I think if people are downplaying how much of a negative impact CP three could potentially have, if he's not playing up to par, you know? So I think, I think with, uh, with, with, with CP three, I think there's two things there that you talked about. One of them is, mm-hmm. yeah, you're right. Like if he, he, he cannot, he, he, yeah, he's washed for sure. Right. But mm-hmm. there was a point when he played with James Harden and we all thought he was washed and he would <coughs> Harden would go ISO, he'd catch a ball, you know, and mm-hmm. do some shit or shoot a three, like he'd do something. And I, that's where I'm wondering, like, does he still have the capability of like, okay, on like a third option, if he catches the ball wide open, can he go into CP3 mode and get a mid range shot? And based off this first game, I'm like, no, he can't do that. Mm-mm. But Mm-mm. but can he shoot a wide open three? I think it's I think he can still do that. Re- I mean, real, that real quick, real quick. Yeah, Gerald yeah. Bourget just got an update. Monty Williams confirmed Devin Booker turned his ankle in the third quarter, but didn't have an update on how it is after the game and taking the shoe off. Said Booker told him he was good in the game, but you, I mean, obviously you can imagine that hurts. Uh, we we haven't heard from uh, JJ. He's just been up there or down below me, I guess, chilling. Uh, I want to hear your observations and what we've all been saying and respond to uh, what Amit was just saying too. Uh, yeah, uh, winners work, baby. Winners work. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so uh, he's on fire. He's on fire. 
<laughs> a little late on that. Sorry, a little late on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not gonna dive into the whole off uh, off season with this team because you know uh, Salty and Amit summed it up pretty well. Um, uh, like I think a good starting point is with Jay Crowder and just how he handled things. I mean, that's not a way I would handle uh, or even ask for a trade in a sense like that. Like blurring out a logo for a team that you play for may like make yourself your own like high video, all that stuff. If Kevin Durant did that, he he would be a son right now, but we don't need to get into that right now. So um, like I, uh, you can quote me, you can look back if you want for the audience members, like two weeks into last season, I was like, Cam Johnson needs to be in the starting rotation. Like I like Jay Crowder. I like what he brings defensively, but I don't think it off offsets the offensive capability that uh, this team can bring, and we saw uh, some of that today. <laughs> uh, Luke is a saw, hoe. Yeah, uh, we saw uh, uh, just a taste of that today. Like Cam Johnson didn't relatively shoot the best, but dude, he spaced the floor beyond belief. Like most teams can't guard a starting five like this, you know. Like Jason Kidd, he's a uh, he's a defensive minded coach. Uh, even though he was offensively heavy when he was playing, but like he, he could read defenses. I'll give him that. I like, I give him props for that. He read Monty like a book for a series and then half of this game. So uh, he made the adjustments to try to prevent this uh, starting five from flourishing. And the only reason why we went, went down by 20 is because Christian Wood was getting superstar treatment the whole first half and most of the third. Like, you couldn't even touch this guy, and uh, the officiating was a little weird. I'm not going to, you know, uh, start that and stuff, but I I knew Cam Johnson would bring a lot more opportunity and less of, uh, you know, wasted possessions and shit because, uh, like, last year you can think of, like, 10, 10 moments on the top of your head, like when Jay Crowder had the ball with, like, six seconds left. And you're like, oh, fuck, like, what is he going to do? And with Cam Johnson, you don't need to worry about that, you know. And, uh, like, he didn't shoot relatively the best tonight. Uh, He had a nice uh, couple of uh, threes. Uh, He drove it in a few times. That's what we need. You know, we need someone to push the pace and uh, continue with that. And with DA sitting out, yeah, he got in foul trouble early just because Christian Wood was getting everything in his favor. But, I mean, this separates, you know, the boys from the men at the end of the day. Like, Monty finally made adjustments, and for, he, Monty has gained a bunch of respect for me because he benched Chris Paul in, in crunch time and put in subbed in Damian Lee for a defensive, uh, you know, prowess and advantage, and it could have worked work better. Like, no one would expect Damian Lee to do that, but to bench Chris Paul because he's a liability takes some some balls, dude. And we were asking for that in the playoffs last season, and we we're asking uh, for that in you know in our finals run. So um, Jacques looked good. Uh, I feel like Ish should be uh, Cam Johnson's backup. I feel like Ish can really. Uh, play really good on ball defense, especially if we're dealing with a guy like Luca. Um, I like I think he can take possessions, and Mikhail can do that as well. But there's still a lot of issues around here. Um, the bench, I'm not totally sold on. 
Damian Lee did have a good game, but I'd rather see the way Washington pushing the pace. Campaign, I mean, he's not looking good. Uh, he did have that uh, late-minute score, but, you know, he was basically non-existent for most of that game. But uh, there, there's a few issues here, but I'm not worried about the starting five going forward. Uh, and I want Chris Paul to take a step back because the uh, Booker was finally able to split double teams and find DA feed this dude and that's what won us the game at the end of the day uh, uh, Booker finally took control of the offense was able to feed DA properly and DA was able to uh, you know maximize this team's potential in a sense and um, it's something we've been preaching for for t- uh, three plus years at yeah. this point so well uh, and, I and mean like so yeah. we haven't been able to see like Booker, you guys remember when Booker couldn't even find um, Aiden on the post up, like he just could not get him the ball, right? And now he's getting him the ball. I'm just wondering, what is like Booker? Like, what are we expecting out of Booker in terms of like stats for the season? Because he's not aggressive as aggressive as we've known him to be, right? Like since CP3's gotten there, um. But CP3 has to take a step back. And I wonder, do those possessions go to DA? Do they because they couldn't even find DA in the post? Like at least the first half, what I saw, like DA was open. Like he was open and they wouldn't even yeah. find them ball. And but it wasn't like Booker's or, or CP3's fault. It was the other guys in the court just not being able to recognize it. Or even if it was like Booker or CP3, it was like it's just it was just too tight of a window. So Salting, let me ask you, like, what do you think, like, what should we expect from Booker this season statistically? And then, like, when it comes to clutch time. So if you look at Devin Booker, like, trajectory, uh, he's been pretty consistent from his points per game standpoint, about, what, 26. He upped his three-point percentage last year, which was important, 38%. It was, like... 34 and 20 and these you know getting rebounds and assists i think that if chris paul is going to take a big step back you're gonna have to try to look at like devin booker point book situation potentially uh running the offense through him and i think he's 100 capable of doing that it just depends on if that works in monty's system or not and how much of a like uh, more of a load that put on him but I think ultimately in this kind of situation, you're just, I don't know, all bets are off because I'm just questioning whether or not uh, CP, like it's crazy. I never thought CP3 would get pulled in the fourth quarter for Damian Lee and, and crunch time, you know, like uh, CP3 is getting paid so much money, you know, so much money. And like it's gonna put more pressure on Devin Booker, but he's just he's he's about it, you know. I mean, there's a reason why everybody's taking notice is because they have to take notice. It's uh, he went to the finals; they have excuses for that. He's a substitute All Star a couple years, uh, excuses for that, and then it's just like eventually you do so much that people, even your haters, have to like come out and say, okay, I mean, at this point. Like, what else is this guy not doing? Because he stepped his defense up. That was kind of suspect early in his career. 
And I think ultimately, like he is just the cornerstone, one of the best Suns players of all time already. So it's it's like, where can he go from here? Like what, how would this affect him? Honestly, like looking at his points, I don't think those are going to change too much, but things like his assist total maybe go up. Um, uh, and by the way, like that, that chase down block, that was I, at that point, yeah. I thought this is going to turn the game around. Obviously, obviously mm-hmm. it took to the fourth quarter, but I was just like, this, this is like, this is the shit that you need. When we start player, mm-hmm. these chase down um, blocks, go, go, go. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, re- real quick, yeah, to add on to what Salty said, I mean, that's why he was top five in MVP voting. And then you go mm-hmm. on Twitter and everybody's like, well, like, why the fuck is uh, Devin Booker here? Like, that second half is why Devin Booker is the best shooting guard <coughs> in the league. And that's by a statistical standpoint, an analytical standpoint, and from a logical standpoint a, a, a logical standpoint as well like watch some fucking ball dude watch some phoenix suns ball like uh booker has progressed every year not necessarily in points it's been around the same uh point margin but I, that's exactly why he's MP, mvp voting and then with uh in the shooting guard category he's the best in the defensive category so i'm like with the whole like Booker can't play defense shit, you know they're not watching. Like that second half just sums up the type of player that Booker is. And when it came to switching on uh, those defensive possessions of what Evan touched on earlier, he was holding every guy accountable. He was yelling across the court. He was uh, directing. Like you saw, you like like everybody was chirping. A uh, DA and Book ran that fucking whole second half, dude. Like. That's why he's top five in MVP, uh, MVP voting. That's why he's uh, the best shooting guard in the league, hundred percent. Did Did y'all go through his stats for the for the day yet? Um, yeah, I, he was he was like ten, plus twenty. Yeah. He was he was a plus twenty. Had twenty eight points, nine assists, four rebounds. Right. He was ten of twenty from field goal, fifty percent. One of one from three, seven of seven from free throw. Like, sheesh, man. This is coming from a guy that is usually slow to start a season, right? Like, I I will remain on the mountain that Devin Booker is going to add average 29 points per game this year. Um, Hopefully he plays, you know, 70 plus games as well too. Devin Armani Booker was incredible tonight. Just absolutely incredible. He was actually fun to watch too. You know, there were nights in the playoffs and in the regular season, it was just kind of lulling people to sleep. No dude, he was attacking. He was attacking the second he would back up and the defender came at him. The second that defender was set up, he was then going another way. He was never still anymore. You know, we always see him just kind of standing there and just kind of trying to rock somebody to sleep, you know, but he was actually attacking. And then when the defense would collapse, he was passing to the right person tonight too. And you can tell with the nine assists, it was great to see him do different things as well too. Like drawing that up and under uh, foul on Christian Wood, you know, it didn't go in, but yeah, he got but that there, up but, and under. There was... I'm still concerned that when Thank he you, drives Specs. to the hold hoop, me accountable. Like there was so many times where he should have gotten a foul. And you remember over oh, the last yeah. however many seasons where he doesn't get a foul. And you saw that kick out um that Luca did where Biombo fouled uh I'm in the corner. Remember that play? Um, mm, I don't know if I know that one you're talking about. Yeah, so so uh Luke Luca got switched on Biombo, he took him in the corner. He's he was basically on the ground already and he stuck his foot out. And then, um, and they called it, and I'm, and and I was like, Booker gets called for offensive fouls for the same exact play, so many times, um, and 
there was a couple times too where he didn't get continuation on uh, on some fouls where he oh yeah I yeah remember the left hander left hander mm-hmm. so i mean i'm just uh, the my main concern is booker doesn't get enough respect from the the refs to do the shit that makes him an mvp caliber player i get it's that not a, i it's mean not he, anything he... that he's doing that's wrong right he's doing everything right he's just not getting the call right um, there were a few other things I wanted to point out for tonight. Uh, Monty Williams didn't put Chris back, Chris Paul back in, uh, to close because the Suns weren't really playing well with him and they were really rolling with campaign. Uh, Monty says there were, they weren't actually trying to blitz Luca much, but Luca is able to manipulate screens so well that it kind of stretched out into that, which I thought interesting. Um, and he also, Monty also said to beat the team that knocked you out, you know, doesn't erase the hurt, obviously, but it does help you grow. I think having this specific game early in the season and as the first game was actually very beneficial in hindsight. I thought we were about to get rolled and everything was about to crumble and whatnot. This can actually help build everything. And if anybody has any news about the Cam Johnson injury, if they see something on Twitter, uh, pass it through because I'm. It was cramping, so he's gonna be all right. Just cramp, just oh, cramping. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, that's what they said on the broadcast. Man, it's, it's needs to drink fluids, man. Drink fluid. It is the first game of the year. I mean, Arizona State football fans know everybody cramps yeah. that very first game when it's like ninety-eight degrees. I'll give you that. But if he gets hurt or does something and gets knocked out in the second game or third game, like uh, we we might have to start bringing up Cam Johnson is. A little on the soft side, but I'm not going there right now. I'm not going there right now. Um, so we talked about Booker. We talked about Chris Paul. Um, let's talk about this bench for a minute. Or do you want to talk about DA? What do you guys want to go with? I think we need to give DA his props, honestly. Yeah. Dude, turning into a think- man, his finishes. He didn't fumble one pass. He didn't fumble a pass. He finished in traffic. His first possession was a, a fake on JaVale McGee oh, going up work. for a slam. Oh, we got to yeah. talk about McGee on that damn team too, but the, dude, he looked good. Yeah, I think a lot of the offense can run through that pick and roll with Booker and DA. Honestly, if you look at that, it creates a lot of mismatches, but especially when he's getting better position inside or rolling correctly. Um, I just think that Booker's gotten a lot more uh, – a depth at getting the ball where he needs it because before you guys remember that it was like pulling teeth, have it getting uh, inside passes the DA for some reason from this team, people would like throw it way too high or not get in the ball in time. Uh, he wasn't sealing properly. And I think with the positioning he was getting in this game, shit. I mean, if Booker, like I said, Booker and DA, they can go that high screener, you know, screen and roll the defense has to decide between it's it's just kind of like Kobe and Shaq, right? I mean, not to that level, but it's like, Hey, we have a big man going in. Yeah. Booker that can score like Kobe from a defensive perspective. If you switch, you're kind of fucked on both levels because it screws that. And then you're just like, well, we have shooters in the wings. We kick it out to Cam Johnson. He can hit a three. I think that that unlocks it a lot more than CP three, you know, numb hands over here. Like, cause when he, it's just, I don't, I don't know, man. I don't know. Cause I, I always, I feel like I had CP3s back a lot more than most, but I'm, I just, I've lost 
all faith in the CP3 train, man. I, I don't know. I'm just so it's, low on him right now. Down. The, the CP, yeah. CP3 chain is slowing down very fast. But I'll say this. Like, Aiden, he doesn't he doesn't do – like, you, I mean, so we all watch 90s basketball. When you get in the post, you push that guy down and you get the ball. Aiden doesn't do that. He kind of fucks around with the guy a little bit here and there. And then, mm-hmm. and then nobody knows how to throw him the pass, right? Because it's not like a usual uh, pass. And I'm just like, bro, you need to back that motherfucker down. Tell him you're his bitch and, and make that the <laughs> rule of the game. Boom, shakalaka! Like, look. Hell no, you ain't so, wrong. So, so like, when I go to play basketball on Wednesdays, um, there's this AAU team there, and there's, like, 10-year-olds and whatever before me. And there's, like, six-foot-five dudes there. But they have no idea how to play the post. All they know how to do is this Steph Curry just – move it around and shoot threes they have no idea and i'm like da is the guy that is going to bring back post basketball if he does if, if we can get him the ball if we can focus it on him he is a guy that's going to tell seven footers hey you don't have to shoot threes bro you can that's part of the game but you can also be just dominant when you're like a foot taller than everybody else you know i love it are? like he can do that he's going to i hope he's going to be the guy that brings it back because Wemba Yama is not going to do that. That guy's going to be out there shooting threes. <laughs> that deserves a whole pod on that dude. Yeah. Oh, uh, uh, real quick, uh, uh, Luca uh, after the first quarter uh, only went four or fifteen. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. And, um, and, and Devin Booker him up was the court. I think like the whole second half, right? Uh, like kind of, it, it was like a three quarters court. Like they literally yeah. were trying once he got to the free throw line of the other side of the floor, they were they were pressuring him until he was one step over half court. So it was kind of like that three quarters type of thing. Um, Gerald, uh, Devin Booker was asked, how's the ankle? He said, it's cool. That's all he said. FYI. Um, Salty, what do you have? Uh, I don't know, man. I'm trying to process this win in my mind still like it doesn't feel real honestly like that it, it it's crazy like let's, honestly let's let, let's go to the the stat sheet and read some of this stuff out in 27 minutes cam johnson was three of six and three boards that was a real thing that we talked about um was him being able to rebound 27 minutes only three boards 15 points but they were making everything in the first half mikhail bridges 13 points five of 10 shooting uh, with 11 rebounds, if Mikhail can step up and do some Sean Marion type rebounding, how much of a, a benefit would that be? DA had 18 and 10. You'd like to see those attempts go up, but he was out yes. like a whole first quarter, though. I the first half, excuse me, with foul trouble. So I take that into account. We'll see what the next one does. Booker with 28, as we mentioned. Um, check this out. This is interesting. Campaign, a plus minus of plus 15. While arguably the best player on the bench, Damian Lee had was a negative seven, but all of 11 of his points were in the fourth quarter. Uh, the bench is going to be really something. Dario Saric, only two minutes. I see where that train's going. Torrey Craig had a horrible first half, except for that put back dunk that he had. And then the second half, he yeah. showed life, didn't really do much in the stat book, but he showed life and he actually was able to force some things. So guys, talk about Akogi, Biombo, Landell, wh- whoever wants to start. Let's talk about the bench and the stats. Well, I'll just say this, like that there, there, there was a certain chemistry between 
Dario, um, Craig, and uh, a campaign. Those guys have to find a way on the court to play together again. But I don't know if that lineup is there now. Like, I feel like that lineup is, is, is gone because Dario, like now the second unit is, I think Jock has played himself into like, he's a, he's, he's a rotation player. Like, I know it's one game, but we saw the playoff or uh, the preseason and I, I, I'm loving what I'm seeing from this dude. Even if he isn't making a shot, he's taking them with confidence and he's, he's trying to finish in the lane with confidence. So I, I love Jock. Tell me what, what do you guys think about Jock? I think Jock is a solid backup right now. I, I he's savvy. He he's seems savvy. smart. It's like he's not going to make a wrong decision or, or make a wrong rotation. He, you know what he I mean? Knows where to play at. Yeah. Right. So I I mean you put out a that's a guy that you can trust. He might shoot three of eight one night and then the next night five of six. You know what I mean? So yeah. I, I don't expect amazing, amazing things from him, but he's solid. He's going to be there. But he should yeah. be a plus in the box score for the team overall with the bench, right? I just – I think yeah. it's interesting how Dario Saric was supposed to be this big, you know, player, return player, and he got two minutes tonight, you know? Um, I think the, the answer to your question is Jacques Landell is better. I mean – he yeah. does the things yeah. the Suns want him to do. He gets rebounds. Uh, he can play defense on the four and the five. Uh, he lots of energy. He's an energy guy. He can spread the floor. He's a stretch. They're, they're even talking about playing him with Aiden. I think that that'd work because if you play Jacques at a, at the four and play Aiden, Aiden at the five, Jacques can you know stretch things. You can play a bigger lineup if you want. And it's just I don't know where Dario Sarge fits in on this team, honestly. Like if he does, because I don't know, like that knee injury just seems like it with him, you know, because he wasn't athletic to begin with. But it just it seems like he's not going to get many minutes on this team. You know, well, and Landry Shamit didn't play, play either. That's yeah, another guy. He, he was out, but I'm just saying, like I, I agree with you what you said about uh, Sarge. But I think like we have to play him to understand what his value is around the league, you know, because mm, that's fair. we got, we, you know, we got, yeah. we got a bunch of expiring contracts and there's a bunch of guys we want to get, we want to move. Right. So I think we want to move. Well, obviously we have to move Crowder. I think Sarge is a guy that we See, have to move campaign yeah. for something better. Right. There's like four or five guys that we, if you can package them together with picks, like maybe we can get Bradley Beal. Cross my fingers. I don't know. S SGA would be good. S but um, SGA is the, the man, SGA right? is a goal. I think he's that's perfect. Goal. I think he's, he's perfect because Chris Paul's washed as, you know what? So I mean, if you could, because OKC, I think they want to, you know, they want to tank for that freak that seven six or whatever his name is, the French dude. Yeah. So. Since their number one pick is out for the year, I think they're going to go into tank mode, and SGA just helps them win games. So you might get them on a on the cheaper side because they're just you know I don't know if you can catch them off guard or whatever. But when I'm looking at things, Damian Lee just ha seems like he can be a really good fit because he was on a championship team. You saw him step it up tonight. So like if I'm looking at people that should be on the the bench campaign, obviously, but 
depends on what's going on with the starters. I think Jock is a lock, like, period. He should be playing over Biombo. I think Biombo was a nice story last year, but I really don't think he should be getting too many minutes. Okogi, I don't really know his game too much. Torrey Craig looked better than he did last year, but that's not really saying much. So, like, if you can, just like you're saying, we have the taxpayer exception, too, which people forget about. We have that, plus uh, expiring contracts are big. And then there's just lots of, you know, friendly contracts. Like, I mean, I don't think this team is going to – it's going to look the same, but not. Like, the Suns have too many assets to not, you know, make moves before the trade deadline. You know, and too many uh, like they have everything is favorable. Like it's not like yeah. we have a bad contract. You know what I mean? The worst mm-hmm. contract we probably have is like Chris Paul. To be honest with you, uh, it is. Oh I mean, man, yeah. You can get out of that con. I think the way they structured it, the last like one and a half, you can get out yeah. of. But yeah, that when he signed that deal, I was like, I know you guys got to keep Chris Paul because of what he meant to the team, but I was just cringing at the the amount and the length of years. Ugh. I'm just like, yeah. this is, this is going to come back to bite. So I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, he's, I don't, Chris Paul is going to be big. And then, you know, you look at Sarich, I think he's gone, dude. I don't, I don't know. He, but he's definitely tradable. Cause I think he's on the last year of his deal. So you have I mean, him we have like five guys. We got, we got yeah. tradable Shamit contracts. Shamit yep. is a Shamit. very tradable contract for sure. And and if you want to get frisky, like Cam Johnson too. No, that, I think really- the way people have the way people have been talking, and James Jones isn't really big on drafting. Like, I mean, that's that was his pick technically. I think someone else wanted to draft him. I don't know who it was, but I think that they value Cam Johnson a lot. So I don't think Cam Johnson's going nowhere. Right. Like I know Listen. he didn't sign his deal, but I think he's here for the long run. This is a great comment by John Suggs. Suns would only be on the hook for half of Paul's 30.8 hit should they cut him before the beginning of the 2023-2024 season. Shit. It would become fully guaranteed on June 28th, 2023. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, that's that's you're not getting value back when you cut him. You have to trade him. It's true, but what but, teams no, gonna, but other teams can cut but up. other teams can pick him up and cut him and not have to pay and be on the hook. So teams that want to shed salary cap and big contracts, that's a very tradable asset. True. Chris Paul for Kevin Durant, who says no? No, 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 I'm not going there. I'm not going there. Okay. Um, you, Especially you if we Kevin handle Durant, business though. this year. Kevin Durant real quick, and I'll just say one thing. Oh, Things no. are going to trend towards Kevin Durant coming to Phoenix. As we talked about three months ago, that mm-hmm. – when that team fucking tanks, which they pretty much doing, which they will. Rocking, y'all see, it, y'all see it today. We're gonna get him for a way <laughs> less than anybody thought. I'm still on that train. Anybody else? You're still on the KD train. I'm on the SPA train. I'll take. I'll take SGA. I don't want Durant no more. SGA booking Aiton for the next eight to ten years. I'll take that over KD when his skills could diminish any day. Same. The thing with Durant, it was so drawn out and shit. And then, like, I don't know. 
it, it's just he didn't he didn't force his way out kind of screwed us over with the the, sh- the way you know stuff was going on and he's getting up there in age he's had injuries and stuff and i don't know I, he has all stars around him at, in brooklyn if he can't win there you know and he's been well, kind Jay, of Jay, let me ask cancerous you, or, or or kd SGA going forward. I mean, like, I'm not off the KD train. He's on fire! Uh, I, like, I'll take either, if, if you ask me. Like, I really don't have a preference, but, uh, I mean, like, if I had to pick one SGA going forward, because, you know, Chris Paul, he's on his way out. And then I feel like when the Bucks added Drew Holiday, it really went underneath the radar uh, just for their team. And it did a lot for them. And I'm not saying, you know, we have like a Giannis on our team to kind of like lead us away, but who's to say that book isn't and DA doesn't, you know, level up. I mean, this, this game might be the turn of the tide when it comes to narratives around DA. He might be thrown in those, those uh, national perspectives, like, oh, he's, you know, top three, top four, like what, what we've been saying. So if we can add a strong point guard to pair alongside Devin Booker and match, you know, the energies and shit, you got, you got three players down at that point, then you're running with the, one of the best three point shooters in the league and one of the best defenders and two way players in the league. I mean, like it's, it's one of the best uh, lineups period in general. And, and I'm saying right now we have the best starting five in the league right now. Um, so if you, if you add SGA and take out Chris Paul, I mean, like, what are we talking about? And then uh, with new additions, I feel like this team is going to look, pretty different when the trade deadline comes. I think there's going to be a lot of different moves and stuff. And I feel like since we didn't add anybody this offseason, I feel like it was kind of due to the whole Sarver thing. And, you know, you got to get shit signed off. And, you know, I I think James Jones was kind of limited a little bit. But the fact that we did get Jacques and hit some points that we were kind of depleted on i like i'm okay going forward into the trade deadline just to see what we're working with because i'm totally cool with taking a 15 game regression at, at the end of the day you know for like like if we took like a 10 game regression last season we would have still been like a one two three seed so i like it really doesn't bother me too much if we have to kill uh games and shit to improve this roster so uh, yeah am I I crazy mean... oh go ahead i'm at i was just gonna say like you can you can get a SGA and then you're basically rolling the chips, right? I mean, you're thinking that SGA is the guy better than CP3 and he can get you there. But all I know is like with with um Chris Paul, like he was supposed to get us there. Somebody like KD, if we get one championship out of it, is it worth it versus what we're taking in the risk of bringing in somebody better and younger, hoping that they can get us there. You know what I mean? Like Katie, if he came right now, we'd win a chip. We, I'm pretty sure we all agree. Like we Booker is 26, you know, uh, like, you know, uh, we, we don't know he how is, longer his we don't uh, know. prime is, you know? So, I mean, if you want to take advantage of it he's now. He's kind of been now. steady for the last like yeah. three, four years. We haven't seen too much growth since then. It, Part of that's probably Chris Paul impeding yeah. on that, but like yeah. you know, I don't know. Devin Booker's prime is right now. He's twenty six. Like this is when uh, Michael won his first. 
his first championship. Am I crazy to think that some of the things we saw from DA tonight, the way he moved his footwork was, and I'm not comparing him to this guy. I'm just saying the way he moved was similar to uh, Hakeem Elijah one just a little bit. The way he moved was was fun yeah. to watch, and how he was able to do secondary moves tonight too was something we haven't seen out of Da. Da was kind of a one hit wonder. He could get into trouble, try to throw out and turn over, or do something like that. Right today, he was pulling fakes. He was going by. He was doing spin moves, and then he was countering off of that. The next time, he would do the same exact move, and then he does something kind of different, and then counter off of it. So. It was fun to watch that development on him, almost more like Patrick Ewing, honestly, more than a Hakeem Olajuwon. But yeah, the way he, he was moving was great, and and seeing that, and then what Salty was talking about with Devin Booker, like you see the two actually blossoming, and with everything that happened with Devin Booker going into his prime, with Da getting paid, and then kind of being more of a business like approach, which I think is still a positive. Obviously, like could we really see? a legitimate 22 and 12 and 29 and nine type of dynamic duo here between these two guys. Like, could they be, dare I say, damn near unstoppable debate? I just, I think that when DA was coming out, there was a reason why he got drafted first. I know uh, Luca was there and stuff like that, but what he did uh, at U of A and stuff, when you looked at his tape, he was just dominant. Like when I was looking at his tape, I was just like, wow. He, you said Patrick Ewing. It's interesting you said that. Like when I looked at DA's game, <clears throat> the way he was coming out, I was like, man, that reminds me of Patrick Ewing in, in ways. And then tonight, just like you're saying, it's just kind of a progression thing. And I didn't, like I said, I watched pretty much every game. And I was not what I would did not see DA getting cons, you know consistently good position like he did tonight. It was night and day. Like that's one of the issues with this game because for the longest time they when he came in as a rookie he was shooting mid range Jays pretty much a lot. That was like one of his biggest things he tried to do, and he scored a decent amount his rookie year, and then his scoring average went down because I think the team told him to focus on other things like his defense, which he did because DA is kind of a passive dude, kind of just like going with the flow or whatever, so he kind of do does what people tell him. Uh, he's not really getting boisterous or like saying, hey, throw me the fucking rock he's not that kind of personality i think maybe at, during the playoffs at the end it boiled up to that point he said he can't pass it to himself i think that was the quote which is true so it's just one of those things where da has all the talent in the world it's like he's a bigger he's athletic as hell can jump out of the gym and it's just like people see all the tools that he has and it's just like you can be generational if you wanted to because you have all the tools it's not like you don't have athleticism because patrick ewing wasn't like as athletic as da right and then da has a midi he can develop a three-point shot his defense is good his post positioning and stuff like that it's just it's all about how much the team wants to value him as an apex player that's that's the thing in the nba you need to be an a, an alpha male, you know, apex dude that wants to get the rock. It's like no matter what 
type of ball you played in your life, right? Me and Evan have played or anybody. There's just passive players and there's ball dominant players. There's just alpha players on the court. And DA hasn't, you know, shown that. And that's one of the things that he needs to show. Like, hey, I'm not getting my touches. Pass me the fucking rock when I'm down there, right? Like, or it's it's not to a point where you're being cancerous or anything, but it's like being confident. Like Carl Anthony Towns says he's like the greatest shooter of all time. Or whatever the fuck he says, which is yeah. which is <laughs> cra- which is crazy, but it's the bravado, right? It's the bravado, right? He thinks he's better than everybody and he has the talent. That's the kind of thought process that you need if you want to take it to the next level. DA needs to think, hey, I'm bigger than half the centers out there or whatever in this league that's moved to smaller ball. And I could dunk on people if I wanted to. I could rip the rim down. I could play with force if I wanted to. And it's all a mindset. You know, so I, I do predict I, I do predict that he'll make his first all star game. If I think so, too, I think oh, this year, this year will probably be, be it. I'll be done. Wow. I, look like D.A. His whole thing is like we have to change the offense. Like the way we play mm-hmm. ball now is D.A. Like guys like D.A. They're spacing the court. You're seeing Cat. You're seeing Jokic. Mm-hmm. Like these guys aren't post players. But he doesn't get the ball in a point where he catches it and he has to make a decision. We have to give him the ball and let give him five seconds to figure out what he wants to do with the ball. You know what I mean? It's not yeah. like that's what Jokic does, Cat, all these guys. He needs time to figure out what he wants to do. Like, I mean, I really think like this, if if he if we really like embraced who he was, he could be stat on fucking steroids. Like he could be that player. Yeah, he's a. I mean, I've talked about his touches because I'm an analytics guy. If Aiden can average at minimum 15 touches a game, he'd aver- his point average would be 22 to 25 points a game. Right. Yep. Yep. He's just not getting the touches. And I was saying this before when Payne's getting more shots up than DA, that's an issue. You know, Cam Johnson had more shots. I need to have yeah. DA consistently the number two shot getter on this team. And I don't know why, you know, obviously the sun system is whatever that point but, two or whatever they call it. But it's just like DA needs to get more than 11 shots. I know he's in foul trouble, but this is consistent. 15 okay. shots, dude. Get my dude. No, that, you 20. Know? He That's needs 20 shots a game and he needs at least eight free throws a game. Well, I mean, 20 shots. Booker took 20 tonight. I mean, that's a lot of shots. I Like 15, I think. It needs to be up there, though. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I think they're going to play it by by matchups, um, but we're going to we're going to have a more fun season than I thought. You know, we have a lot of options to do things. And you know what the crazy part is coming up in like six to nine months when we start hearing about who's buying the Phoenix Suns for four billion dollars. That's when it's going to get better. Really going to get fun. Mm-hmm. But, so you, everything now is trending up. Yeah, go salt. Well, one of the things is we've had, we had this cheap ass garbage owner for just forever, right? We had the Colangelo days and then we got passed off to this guy. And it's just like, I never thought he would be gone. You know, I, I felt like he was just going to be there until he was like 80 or some BS. 
And the fact that we're getting off of him, who was a penny pitcher and he's been said as much to getting a legit billionaire because that's who's going to buy the team at what they're valued. And just the fact of the money that they can throw out, because like literally we were like always not wanting to go over the luxury tax. But if you look at the Golden State Warriors, they're paying more in luxury tax than their actual salary. So it's like if you have a billionaire owner, you have your core, then you can start spending into the luxury tax and then take it up a notch. But so I'm excited for the future. Right. To make it clear, yeah, the the Golden State Warriors' uh, salary is two sixty. They're gonna pay four hundred million in yep. luxury tax and penalties for paying that much. That Clippers are, I don't know what the Clippers. It's similar to that. It's but, high. It's high. Yep. Yeah. So, w- like, whoever owns the Suns, and I think when Steve Ballmer built, uh, he bought the. Uh, Clippers, he knew that that was going to happen. Um, whoever buys the Suns knows you're going to be paying half a bill, half a billy, yeah, just to pay for the team. Yeah, but when you've got a guy that's worth 130 billion dollars, you pay yep. more for the team. You pay 260 mil in taxes. What is 400 mil? And you know, damn sure. Look at what the Warriors have done. They're going to come out and they flop. get it and drove yeah. and they're yeah. gonna they're gonna make back that tenfold more like when you invest into your team you, you you will get something back when you merchandise tv yeah. deals especially if you get the jeff bezos thing with amazon prime and the nba and then and then the, new, the nba salary cap is about to double so so really think about that i mean it's about to double from 260 to 400 million so you're gonna have to pay six to 650 million depending on the way they structure the cba too but Which to a guy what? with 137 bills, exactly. Mm-hmm. What are and, we talking and about? What, and 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 what? A shout out to Voida, right? Like Voida pointed out. Oh yeah, he that broke it down. Yeah. Hey, you don't pay him right now. You pay him in the future. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. So we're going to have a lot of things to talk about. A few rapid fire things uh, we're, we're going to bring up. Number one, what'd you guys think of the jerseys? I kind of like them. I dug those. No, they're fire. I, I like them. I like them. Uh, I, yeah, I like them to start with. A lot of people were like, "Oh, Utah jerseys," and I'm all like, "No, mm, I don't and, see it." And, and, yeah, they're really clean. Uh, hey, one zero, one zero. I like the, the shorts. I like the shorts. The jersey, not so much. Shorts, I like because okay. I'm thinking like what I would wear. I like the shorts. I'm I'm looking forward to the uh, to the sunburst uh, personally. I already I got it. Nice. You know what? Next, you got next, it. Next spot, yeah, I got it. Next spot, I got a Booker uh, sunburst jersey. Booker. Motherfucker, yeah. that oh, was I, I, I missed the few drops that they did. So, <sighs> um, do you guys think the Suns will win 55 games or more this season? 57 yes. plus, yes. I'm at 55 think, for them. So I'm, I'm like 55 on the money. I'm 50. Do you guys, do you guys think we make a Where are you block, at, Evan? uh, you know, honestly, I'm at the 52 to 54 range. Okay, that's fair because they're they're that's fucking cool. with lineups. Like they're gonna fuck with lineups yeah. the whole season. The bench is weird. Yeah. The bench is gonna cost us some yeah. games for sure. So, do you guys think we will make more than one move, trade wise? Yes. Yes. Two. 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 Crowder move is separate from everything else. There's gonna you be that so? move, and there's gonna be another move. Okay. Interesting. How many? 
all-stars do the Phoenix Suns have on this roster right now? CP3 ain't making it. <laughs> after after uh, this first game, uh, just just to I, I I'm gonna ride with what Salty said. Uh, Da gets his yeah, first All Star, and then yeah. both. Just I'll say that on. I think if this team plays to its potential, that Mikael Bridges will be a borderline All Star. Close, yeah. I don't think he's gonna make so. it because of his position with wings and stuff. But I think he'll I think he'll play. And there'll be a discussion about like, hey, Mikel should be, be there too. Suns play the Portland Trailblazers on Friday night. Are we going to walk away with a dub or an L? W. W. On the road? On the road. And they lost, right, tonight? Yep. Uh, I want to go through that. I'm going to go through the scorecard next, but let me oh. just look real quick. So I, I would so while you're doing that, I'll just say this. I think that Portland is one of those teams that they can either be like a playing team or they're gonna have to melt the whole thing down and they're gonna trade out. And that's where we're gonna be hanging over them like predators, figuring out like who can who can we get? Roco or no Roco's in uh Roco's um, somewhere else right now. Uh Jeremy Grant, like somebody else, like there's some other guys there that we can focus on. Anthony yeah. Simons. Oh, he they they won't get rid they won't get rid of him. I'd rather go after Dame, but we know that ain't happening. Anyways, no, anyways, anyways. Yeah, that's an option too. That's an option too. Um, I want to make this actually a little bit smaller so we can see some of the stats from some of the the guys. There we go. Um, did you guys see the dunk by Paolo Banchero? Nasty. No. Tell me you guys saw that. Oh, go on Twitter, look nasty. it up. That was nasty. Uh, Pistons win. Bogdanovich had 24 tonight. That I okay. Must that nice. <laughs> bogey wouldn't be too bad on our bench. That's all yeah, I'm saying. Uh, putting those up, and then Banchero, Banchero rookie debut 27 nine and five. He could wow. be the truth. The Magic could be fun this year. I, I've always liked the Magic. I've told you guys all about that. Wizards beat the Pacers tonight. Pacers are obviously tanking to a point, which I wonder if Halliburton would become a player that might be available later in the year, but Beal had 23 Washington pulls it off. Hawks beat the Rockets. Uh, DeJounte Murray and Trey young both have good games. KPJ had 21. So Hawks pull it off like they should Pelicans 130 to 108, bro. Brandon Egram had 28, seven and five. I want to see they're, what they're going to uh, be scary. They're going to oh, be, scary. I'm, they're, they're a problem. They're going to be a Ingram and Zion both had 25. Zion had 25. McCollum had 21. Valanchunas had 15 and 13. Look at that. That, that, that seems scary. The thing is, they have all their draft picks and they have all the Lakers and everybody else's draft picks. They can trade oh for anybody that they want. They can upgrade to elite <laughs> status immediately. They are scary. And yeah. who's their who's their coach? Willie. Yep. Willie Green. I know. Our guy. I know. Willie, Willie. I know. And and to add to that, um, I when the uh when ESPN posted the final score to this game, I went in the comments and a lot of people were acknowledging now that like, hey, maybe we kind of got on the Suns a little too much because like this is basically the same team. It's just with Zion added, you know, like it's not it, like the Pelicans weren't your typical AC, especially after they got CJ. I mean, this team is fucking scary. And, and then with Willie Green, come on now. Any Anything can happen. A lot of injury-prone guys. Still a lot of inexperience as well, too, and playing together. Yeah. It's a Fuck long all, season. All 
Alvarado. Oh God, no, we don't need to talk about him. It was, <laughs> it's just interesting and seeing. Did you guys see the Ben Simmons box score? Holy shit! Four I have points, to bring that up. three assists, five rebounds, or something like that. Oh, oh it was dog water. He fouled out when there was like eight minutes left in the game. <laughs> Four points, five rebounds, five assists, two of three shooting in twenty-three minutes. He lost. He logged minus twenty six. Royce O'Neal and Nick Nick uh, Claxton. Yeah, awful. But Royce O'Neal had minus twenty seven. I'm here for it. Uh, Bulls beat the Heat without uh, Zach Levine and without Lonzo. And there was that whole thing last year where they couldn't beat good teams, and here they are opening up with Demar getting thirty seven, um, like a boss. Cavs and Raptors. This was an interesting game. Donovan Mitchell yeah. going off for thirty one. The Raptors scoring, y'all. This was the most balanced thing I saw all night. Uh, that's the here we go. Raptors, Siakam oh. 23, Ananobi oh. 18, Barnes 15, Van Fleet 15, Gary Trent Jr. 19. Um, that was impressive to see. Fred Van Fleet also a free agent next year. If we do end up kicking off Chris Paul, that's just a little tidbit I'm throwing yep. in there. That could work. That could work. You never Actually, know. I like you, that a lot. I like yeah, that a lot. I love Fred Van Fleet, and he's won a championship in a smaller market, too. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Uh, Grizzlies beat the Knicks. John Morant with 34. T-Wolves uh, beat the Thunder. Rudy Gobert with 23 and 16. What happened? They played uh, the, the Thunder. OKC Thunder. Yeah. <laughs> <They played> the <laughs> thunder. It's the fucking Thunder. <laughs> uh, facts. You think Poku so. can guard that guy? Nobody on their Poku. team is even like of legal age to drink. Like they yeah. can't guard. They can't guard Gobert. <laughs> Joe just no came idea. on uh, Arizona Cardinals. Now. Uh, the uh, that Simmons sat line is like a Boris DL game. Wow, that is a hell of a thing. Uh, John, uh, whoop, John, what's going on? Uh, thanks for coming in. I can't wait to listen to you guys back tonight because this is this has been a fun night. Luca is a hoe. Going back over here, Hornets beat the Spurs big time. The this Jazz the most surprising game. beat the Nuggets. Um, yeah, let's, open, that? let's open Corey this up Markinek. real quick. Um, Jokic with 27. Jamal Murray coming back. I like seeing that. 12 points, yeah. though, on um, 26 minutes. You expect that to be a slow start in Denver. I think they're going to be good, but I think they're going to be another like four or five seed because they're going to get on a roll at the end late, and Jamal Murray will start doing Jamal Murray things. On the Jazz side, who is the big scorer? Colin Sexton off the bench for 20? What? Wow. Huh. Laurie Markinen was 17. All right. Go, Jazz. Um, Blazers beat the Kings, and Josh Hart had 19. Deont- Darren Fox with 33 points. So kind of a wild night in the NBA. Um, anything else you guys want to touch on NBA or should we go to just a, another topic for uh, just a few minutes before we well, head I'll just out? say this about the Nuggets. I think that the I think people are thinking that they're better than they are. But mm-hmm. with all those guys coming together, they don't have the chemistry because Jokic is a ball. Jamal Murray player, right? hasn't played with Aaron Gordon yet either. He's never played with him. And then we're expecting like Michael Porter to, to be like a just a three point shooter on that team. He's like a fourth like player when it comes to offense, it, everything goes to Jokic. They, they win with Jokic and Jamal Murray balances all that out so that they can, people don't have to double team or triple team. And they, they have to like focus on a couple guys, but the rest of those guys, I don't, I, I don't trust them. I don't trust them. And then, I mean, we've seen it in the playoff. I mean, we, we saw them sweep those guys 
Um, mm-hmm. Not with Port- not with Murray, but with the rest of the players that they had, they couldn't prove that they could be offensively creative enough to be a hub to do something different other than what Jokic is doing. And then when Jokic doesn't have the ball, what can he do? He's not slashing. He's just a three-point shooter at that point. So I'll just say, like, people are overhyping what the Nuggets can be. It's a great one-two punch having both Murray and Jokic out there. But, like, who was Jokic before um, the Murray injury, you know? He was, made like, between the top five, top ten center, you know? And uh, obviously – It's back uh, up. (laughs) uh, Obviously – uh, Jokic's last two seasons have been great and historic, you know, but like the balance of trying to bring in Michael Porter Jr., one that's been suffering from crazy back injuries since he's entered the league, and like in the NBA media is putting a unfair amount of weight on his shoulders to be the the uh, the third scorer on this team, the, the, the third option, and then but Aaron Gordon, you know, he's as lackluster as they come. I mean, he's a big body, but, like, you don't know what you're going to get from him. I mean, Bill Simmons put, like, the Nuggets and uh, I forget who's uh, who he said on the uh, on the Eastern Conference that, that are going to make the finals. I just don't see the Nuggets, honestly, unless if they shake up uh, the, the roster. But I don't see what moves they could make to improve – to improve it it's just built a little weird but i mean outside of murray and Jokic, i i, I just don't have faith or stock into what they I can don't do either yeah an interesting set of the night carl anthony talents in 36 minutes of play shot two of ten two of seven from three six rebounds seven assists and ended with minus four and only 12 points I think we're about to see that from Kate from Cat this year. Maybe it's a good thing we didn't trade DeAndre Ayton for Cat, right, Salty? Yeah, man. Cat's soft. I'm telling you, man. Dude, soft as tissue paper, dude. He's a um, pussy. He's a pussy. Yeah. He's not a cat. He's a pussy. So, um, what was your opinion about the whole uh, Rudy Gobert trade when it happened? Like, dude, I. First of all, they probably they set the standard for that trade the for the how many picks they gave up for his, for go for Goger and then it screwed the trade market up. I mean, yeah. if people are seeing that and they're like, "Oh, let Gogurt's getting 5, I need 10 and it's not like possible like a team can only have so many." So, first of all, he screwed that up. I just don't think it's going to work, man. The the twin tower approach uh, they might have beat Oklahoma City, but Cat, I don't know. Like, he's too big. Like, I know he can stretch the floor and stuff, but there's too many things you can do with that kind of a lineup. Like, how are they going to guard smaller, faster players? There's no, a lot of things you can problem. do to, like, get them out of the rhythm. You know? I mean, like, eventually, like, Cat's going to be playing the five and Gobert's going to be on the on the bench. That's going to happen. In a playoff game, you will see that. Hundred percent guaranteed, fan duels. Tell me whatever, like the the whatever the the fucking odds are on that. that. That's happening. 
It's just 100%. go go go. Bear can't guard the predator. He got exposed in the playoffs. Like it, it's and you just, expect cat to do that as well too. Like have two seven footers guarding the perimeter. Cat sucks guarding the perimeter. Imagine yeah, he's not good go at defense either. And Rudy's worse. Yeah, Rudy's yeah, but worse. At, least, yeah. at least you get offense from from cat. Right, you have yeah. to play him. He you always, go small ball on that lineup, it's over for them. You know. Or just even an athletic big like like Jack yeah. Landell, you know, yeah. go go right go right by go there. Um, man, it was fun tonight. The Suns won. We're gonna have another W on Friday against the Trailblazers. That's gonna be awesome, and things are gonna pop off. You guys, tomorrow though, we're all Cardinals fans here. Um, I think we're gonna be walking away with an L on Thursday night football. We added Robbie Anderson. Hollywood Brown is now out. Who knows about Rodney Hudson? It looks like he's out. Uh, Justin Pugh out for the year. Uh, a lot of bad things going on with this. Cliff Kingsbury admitting, I suck at play calling like we all have known for two or three years. Uh, Salty, let, let's start with you. Thoughts on Thursday Night Football briefly before we get out of here. Or longly. That's two. Like Luke. So, all right. I I hate... Man, I can't. I don't know. Steve Kime, Cliff Kingsbury, that whole connection there. I blame Michael Bidwell for not wanting to win, obviously, because no good. He had he had his buddy with Kime, right? And he got that DUI. He should have been gone after that. And then he made the pick. He is terrible at drafting. And then it's just like he swung for the fences with the the Kyler Murray uh and, and uh, Cliff Kingsbury connection. Cliff Kingsbury got fired from Texas Tech. He is a he's a sub 500 coach at Texas Tech. You you want to have your Sean McVay. You, you, it's just like Kime was shooting you know darts in the in the dark and see if they stick on the wall. It's just I don't like any of that. They got extensions, and that's why it feels so bleak to be a Cardinals fan. Is because you just feel this it's like they just got extensions if if they didn't do that cliff kingsbury would have been in the last year of the deal and it's just like yeah you suck to to hear a head coach that like 2 years ago he's like yeah i'd rather retire than give up play calling duties it's just like if if you get to a point where you're going to pass over play calling duties you should just pass over your contract too because you suck <laughs> How does Jay, that even I, work out? How like how would that even work out? I give the play, I pass the buck off to some other dude, and then I'm I'm just the head coach. Why why were you brought here, bro? Bro, this this is exactly like Herm Edwards and Todd Graham to a point where they were defensive backs guys, and they were brought up through those ranks as assistant grads, and then as coaches or assistant coaches, and then so forth, and then they had like the worst defensive backfield. Uh, Todd Graham's last yep. season. And last nope. season with Herm Edwards or, or, or this season, we were looking like the worst. So if you can't do, and I've said this on the Cardinal rule post game, which I'm going to announce something in a minute too, regarding tomorrow's game. Um, if you can't do the thing that you are good at, what good are you? Mm -hmm. Period, yo, mm. period. And JJ, I don't want to hear from you because you were the optimist in this group picking like, 17 wins this year for the Cardinals and stuff. I want to hear from Ahmet first on, on what you think about uh, tomorrow's night's matchup. Yeah, it's going to feed. No, look, dude. Um, 
this is DEFCON 5, right? Like, this is, like, if we lose this game, the season is over. Um, given, like, the playoff, even with the extended playoff uh, schedule that's, that's there. Who, who is coming back? Nuke. The nuclear option is coming back this week. I know that's a lot to put into it. A lot of people would go, hey, when Steve Wilkes was the head coach, why don't you just hire Cliff Kingsbury as the offensive coordinator? And then maybe that progresses in, progresses to him being the head coach, right? Like that would have made a lot more sense than what we fucking did. Um, but we are, we are. Um, I think on a, <laughs> on a short week, we've already seen our Thursday night offense. We saw that the last three weeks. Jesus. So we're already ready this week for that. Um, I don't know. I just have a feeling with like, I just have a feeling with the, the nuclear weapons coming in. I feel like there's something different. I think it's different. Like with, you, with, uh, you saw it, you saw it on uh Tuesday, um, post game or after practice, post practice, or maybe it was Monday. Cause it's a short week, but Kyler said immediately, it felt like a different offense already. Yeah. He said it like that was his first thing. I mean, like, we all know, like Hollywood. Hollywood is the best number two you could probably get in the NFL. He is not a number one, right? He just doesn't play that role. We're getting back the best number one. We lost the best number two, but I think, I think Kyle. I don't know. On, on a short week, I think Kyler is going to have enough influence to just be wild enough to just do whatever he needs to do. Because I'm thinking that we are just not going to be, especially with all the players that are missing for the Saints, they're missing their top two wide receivers. They're missing their top cornerback. They're missing a lot of players. No, it matters. It matters, though. It matters. doesn't matter to us. It does. I, I, Dude, like I've seen too many times. It matters if Michael Thompson's matching up against uh, Byron Murphy or he's matching up against Michael Wilson or whoever. He's out on the field makes a difference. But. But I've seen too many times where other teams were missing their best whatever, and we come out completely flat, don't attack that place. Cliff Kingsbury does some dumb shit on third down that we've seen. I've seen that too. I've seen that movie too many times. I, I can't buy year. into that. Like that's a narrative. That's something to 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 definitely bring it up. But I don't think Cliff Kingsbury is going to do fucking anything about it. In fact, I would expect a New Orleans to run some crazy shit with Taysom Hill for a couple 68-yard touchdown runs against us. I would expect that more than Cliff Kingsbury attacking their weaknesses. You're right. I'll, I'll, I'll just say this. I just think that at this point, hopefully Kyler, and he's already said it in so many comments where he's just like, <laughs> yeah, they're telling me like, I have to pass the ball. (laughs) Yeah. He needs to go. Kyler Kyler needs to go fucking rogue and just do his shit. I'm down. Okay. JJ, before we let you speak on the Cardinals, (laughs) um, tomorrow pregame, a half hour before kickoff, which is 615 my time, I think 515 local Arizona time. So at 445, we're going to have a little pregame show on He's on Fire podcast. Um, I'm actually going to be bringing in Joe and Jackie, who are postgame podcast partners at the Cardinal Rule. Uh, we're going to be coming oh. on, doing a fun little pregame, just 30 minutes, get on right then. We'll be there right through kickoff and then obviously join everybody at the Cardinal Rule for postgame fun. Um, well, shit, hopefully it was really horrible last week. Okay, JJ. 
you you and your 17 win prediction you can talk what if what what did you see last week what are you going to see from new orleans what are you hoping to see i don't know just go off with observations well since we haven't talked in a month a lot has happened with this team um and as far as i'm concerned we're one in uh four uh or one in five whatever the record would be um be, yeah. that uh, that Raiders game, it was a delusion for the time. Uh, the defense totally took that game over. And uh, Kyler finally, like, Cliff finally let Kyler do his thing, and we ended up winning that game. But I went into the season because we're basically coming coming in with the same r- roster, minus Chandler Jones, minus Robert Alford, et cetera, et cetera. And we were used to the – uh, the attraction of Cliff and Connor getting better every year, and we we have, and we were going through a gauntlet to start the season, and we're we're like three and three is more for us because when Nuke comes back, we ha- will have Hollywood and you know fucking DeAndre Hopkins together with Ertz with Max Willie. Uh, like it's going to be a, a crazy offense at least, you know, and defense was our biggest concern. Right. I didn't right. like the, I didn't like the extensions. I didn't like, I didn't want time to get extended. I definitely didn't want Cliff to get extended, but I'm like, you know, I'll give it a shot. Uh, this draft kind of drafted uh, Majay Sanders and Cam Thomas. I'll get back to that later. And, uh, you know, the Chiefs game was horrible. I mean, like, we we, we went in unprepared to to the highest degree, right? Uh, Raiders game was cool, um, but that Seattle game really confirmed to me that Cliff Kingsbury is not an NFL head coach. It's things, uh, like, it shouldn't be as simplistic as it is. He's one of the easiest uh nfl coaches to read we have uh, like our offense goes out there not motivated because they're just going to get chopped through you know we have a lineman getting hurt because of how easy these uh the, these plays that we're running are like us as a fan base hate Ron- the thought of rondale moore and it's not even rondale moore's fault it's because of how cliff uses this guy like Rondell has hands. He like he can run these routes. He is basically Hollywood Brown. But we have this dude be- uh, behind the scrimmage ninety percent of the time. And then we went into the season with Greg Dorch that was winning us drives and possessions. Don't even we, get me started there. And yeah. we took. Remember what the, I said about Dorch? I said fantasy stuff. Yeah, yeah. He's, a, he's a dud now at this point. They won't like, throw him the ball. I don't give a fuck if Rondell Moore was a first-round pick, uh, at, at pick one through ten, or a second-round pick. But if you have a guy like Greg Dorch has been a journeyman for the last couple uh, couple seasons and he's come here and proved himself and earned those snaps, he needs to be playing. And especially if Rondell Moore, like, it, like his yardage has to be all the way in the negatives. There's no way he has po- positive yards like uh, on his record right now. And, and so Aussie fans asking, Dorch got benched because Rondale Moore got healthy. That's what yeah, happened. Yeah, took his snaps away. So now Cliff has failed with utilizing all of these weapons that he has. And that's what he needed. 
you know, like to have success because that's what everybody was saying. Like if you give him the weapons, uh, he, he like he's an offensive genius. He can put all this together. But like, where is that? We cut Max Williams and now he's on the practice squad and this dude was just doing bullshit blocking. We're not even targeting uh, Zach Ertz, the, the, uh, the eighth tight end uh, with the most yards in league history. I don't know, man. And, anytime, anytime he gets touched, he falls down right now, though, too. Yeah, but I'd so, rather him, like, like he like he needs targets. I mean, he's one of the best tight ends of the league now. He gets nine of them. Cover. But anyway, I digress. Uh, you know, the line. What, 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 what do you think about yeah. the Saints game? What, what do you think about Thursday night football? What do you think about but, tomorrow night? We absolutely should win uh, this game tomorrow. It, it, like, but I kind of want to lose it because this puts Cliff already in the fucking hot seat, and the narratives are going to start to be pushed. Like, Cliff needs to be fired. And I want Cliff to be fired. I want to move on. Sean Payton, it's your job, dude. Like, if you want it, you can take Sean it. Payton. You can come. Yeah, you can come in, get an offensive coordinator, uh, get a QB coach that can fucking coach this guy because. Every time the Cardinals lose, it falls on Kyler, and no one talks about Cliff outside of the Arizona fans. So, like, hey, Kyler, so yeah, the, the the thing is, is like I've been the biggest supporter of Kyler Murray, but there's some interesting things going on. If you look at his reads, he doesn't make them. He does a one 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 read and then run. That's essentially his, and he's missed so many wide open receivers. Wide open tight ends. He does not read the field. Period. He he's looking so, downfield. He's not looking in where he needs to be looking. He's looking no. At he the needs to degrees. make progressions, but he makes literally. He locks in at where because number one, he's short, right? So there's that issue there. But at the same time, like literally, if you went back and watched the tape, because you guys were talking about Rondell Moore and Dorch, right? Guess who has the most separation when it comes to yards? The latter. It, like, so Dorch does by 4. like four yards. Four, yard, four, four, four. And Rondell Moore has fucking, he's up on the list too. So why aren't they getting the ball? Why, number one, why isn't Dorch playing? That's, that's criminal. Okay. Because he can make yeah. plays. And it's just, it's a combination of Cliff Kingsbury sucking at, at scheming though? and our quarterback is not progressing because he's not being held accountable. Look, there's some crazy shit because those plays are there. We all see when the, like when Colt McCoy was a quarterback, he would make those reads. Correct. Yeah. yeah. So I really think that, and especially with what Kyler has been saying about Cliff, I think he's done with Cliff. Like, I'd I think he's basically shit. saying that like, yo, man, I'm looking downfield for the guys that are open. Fuck these little bullshit throws that you're trying to make me make. Dink because and dunk. Exactly. He's saying, I'm better than this. I can run the ball. He said, they don't let me run. He, he basically said, they don't let me run the ball. When, when we don't. don't run the ball, at least, what is it, six times a game? Like, we lose pretty much With all him. the time. Yeah. See the the crazy thing is I would have told you guys Kyler Murray's coming out and he does not run the ball. Would you draft him number 1? Well, like if he was just a quarterback. See, that's the problem because you drafted Kyler Murray for his there. his stuff Listen, and then he turned it he turned it into this 
passer that doesn't run, who's short, who doesn't take snaps from under center, and who does not read defenses. That is a recipe for losing. Kyler Murray, when in his draft class, was the best running back in his draft class. Okay. Mm -hmm. On top of that, he was the best quarterback and the most accurate when running and throwing the ball. Yeah. He, he wasn't like, he's not like six ten. He's not, he's not going to be able to like throw over people like, uh, like any of these other dudes, but the dude no can make throws. Like we saw that the Hale Murray, the, the, yeah. the, I mean that throw to AJ green against, um, against the, the Raiders. I mean, the dude is accurate, but he has to be moving. He has to be in. He has been, he, he was accurate, but he overthrew everybody and underthrew his shit last game. He was overthrowing people. He's not, he's getting the yips. He's headed towards a career low. He's headed towards a career low and, and uh, percentage and yards and touchdowns and everything. Yep. Yeah. But, but going back to my point, the guy was the best running back in the entire draft of his class as a quarterback. (laughs) That's yeah, that's my problem. Like rip out the fucking headset and just like run these plays. Like it, it's irritating because you see, he doesn't want to r- run these fucking plays. Like we know like us as fans, we know what they're running. Like you can imagine how these fucking opposing coaches are, you know, they're like, Oh, you know, uh, cover two fucking, Closing, no, you know, the 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 problem is is like the reason why the dual threat quarterbacks haven't transitioned to the NFL is because that game, the the read option shit, you do that too much in the NFL, you're getting your shit blown up, you know. Yeah, like the quarterback gonna, takes like, too much punishment, so it's like he's a short quarterback that was running in college. It's just like I need Kyler Murray to progress, and I think the only way he does that is to get a, a actual coach in here that can hold him accountable and to actually take him to the next level because he's stagnated, period. Yes. The dude I, is yeah. stagnated. I, I refuse to believe anything on Kyler Murray because, like, we've all seen his arm talent. We've, all, we've seen all that. But I refuse mm-hmm. to believe anything until we get another voice in his ear, whether it's an offensive mm-hmm. coordinator, an additional QB coach, a, a head coach, new GM, something. But it has to be at that level. When it's just Cliff, you, your team takes on your coach's personality. Look at where Kyler is. and Look where Cliff is. And look how their body language on the sideline is so similar. And they're both disappointed all the time. Um, I don't, I don't want to go too much longer here. We were on an hour yeah. and 34 minutes. It's 12, 18 here and got to wake up and do that work thing tomorrow. But if we do win tomorrow, if we do win uh, Friday night, the suns, if the sun devils can pull off a win against Stanford, I, look, this has the potential to be a very, very good Arizona sports week. And I would very much like to have a podcast Sunday night and be happy. So a lot of things are going to happen in the next few days. Let's try to be water. 
Let's try to be here self-centered again. We're going to have a pregame show tomorrow, 30 minutes before kickoff and into the first kick. And then we'll uh, call it a day with Joe and Jackie from the Cardinal Rule. And then I'll be over on their channel for the postgame show tomorrow. Hopefully we're going to be back Sunday. It's hard to rally everybody up with uh, busy lives and whatnot after COVID. But here we are. I'm happy that you guys tuned in. Thank you so much, Salty. Thank you for coming. And we really appreciate you. I'm at JJ. It's, uh, It's good to catch up. Man, what a fun night, Phoenix Suns Nation. Do you guys have any final words you want to throw out there before we hit the outro and get out of here? Luca Ho. Winner's work. Winner's work. Luca Ho. Salty, you got anything for us? No. Luca's a ho. That is all the time we are going to have tonight because this was a really fun pod. Again, please like, subscribe, share this pod, all that fun stuff. Uh, I hope you guys can hang out again next time. Thank you so much. He's on Fire Podcast. We will talk to you later. Looking, throws an alley of oh!